Hey guys, welcome back to Unveil. This is your girl, Lady Rose. Okay, so this topic is called God versus Apostle Paul. Okay, and the reason why I called it that because uh, a while back I was seeing this guy who is like in his early 30s and still speaking like a male chauvinist and using the word of God. You know those guys that use the word of God here and there, you know what I mean? Just pick and choose little things, not the whole Bible, but just little things here and there so they could buck up, uh, back up their argument, which is women cannot preach the gospel. And he's like, oh, well, I'm not going to listen to no woman telling me what the Bible says. Little does he know what the Bible actually says. You know what I mean? And, um, He's the type of person that is women need to submit. They cannot teach. They just, all the man is always right. And the woman needs the man type of guy, right? So, and it's basically the opposite of what God says. However, his argument that he uses is when Apostle Paul said um, that uh, a woman, I will not let a woman teach uh, men. They should stay basically quiet and um, let the men do the work, right? And he did say that. That's in the New Testament. Apostle Paul did say that. But little does he know, because he doesn't study the whole thing. Remember, I said that. Little does he know uh, that was the beginning of Apostle Paul's ministry. Because if he would read more, 30 years later, Apostle Paul actually used women in ministry. He even worked beside women to preach the gospel. So, of course, men are not, well, not all men. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm getting upset here. Let me rephrase that. Some men, religious, male chauvinist men who only get that scripture and they love to use the scripture of, oh, the woman needs to submit to the husband, right? Okay. God does say that, right? That's actually one of our curses. <laughs> what Adam, you know, what Eve did, right? So let's go back to Apostle Paul. His he said, quote unquote, I apostle Paul. Okay. He did not say, I command you, nor did he say God commands you. No, no, no. He took it upon himself to say, I apostle Paul, meaning he's taking full responsibility for what he, how he does his thing right in the beginning. And he did say that, that a woman should be quiet and be in the back and, the, you know, let the man be. And his reason was because of Eve. Because Eve was deceived. So he, at that time, in the beginning of his ministry, still a religious man, right? Um, he said that basically women are easily deceived. That's why he didn't entrust the word of God to women. Basically, that's what it is. So let me give you a little background about Apostle Paul. Um, Apostle Paul used to be called Saul, okay? He used to be a Pharisee, a very religious man, super smart, very religious though. He used to hang out with the Pharisees who think they know it all, right? He used to prosecute the Christians who were following Jesus until Jesus appeared to him and said, what are you, why are you killing me? Basically, right? So a couple of days or a couple of months later, Apostle Paul lost sight, right? And then he gained it back and he repented. He became a Christian. So when I became a Christian, I didn't magically change. No. I became a Christian, I believe, uh, when I was uh, uh, 11 years old, but then I stopped in my 20s and I was wild now. You guys already know a little bit of my testimony, right? And then in my late 20s, I started being a Christian again. And let me tell you, when you become a Christian, you don't automatically change. You don't. You still are in your old nature. But little by little, God starts transferring you 
transferring you, sorry, transforming you. He starts changing you little by little when you're ready to accept the change, right? So that's why Apostle, uh, Apostle Paul, in the beginning of his ministry, still had a little bit of religiousness in him. He did. Because if you look at his ministry 30 years later, like I said earlier, God started changing him. And that's why he was able to work side by side with women preaching the gospel. And he also let women be in leadership. The best one I could tell you, um, let me look at the names. I don't want to butcher the names because there's a lot of names that are Hebrew. But what I searched was 20 women. He, uh, I, I saw that he uh, used to uh, be in ministry. One of them is uh, Chloe. One of them is Priscilla. One of them is Phoebe. Phoebe was one of the deacons. He even said, pray for her and all that stuff. Uh, there's a lot of women that he used. And I'm going to put all the scriptures up in the, in the site. So all these male chauvinists can read it all and actually read the whole Bible, not just here and there. Okay. So apostle Paul did change from his old ways because God changed him. The reason why God changed him because God uses women for his glory, just as he used men. Okay. But I'm going to go to back to Genesis. The reason why Apostle Paul said he wouldn't let women is because of Eve, right? The funny part is about Genesis, which is third, uh, sh uh, chapter three, verse six. Okay. A lot of people used to tell this story, what happened with Adam and Eve and the serpent, Why, right? The serpent is the devil basically. Okay. So the interpretation that I got growing up was that Eve was in the garden and the serpent was talking to her. He deceived her. And then she went running to Adam, right? And she was like, babe, look at what we could eat now. Eat the apple. If you love me, you'll eat it. And then Adam's like, no, babe, you know what God said. And Eve convinced him because she used her woman manipulation and convinced him. You know what I mean? Like the women are the bad people, right? That's what religious people have told, you know, tell the story about, right? Well, let me tell you guys, that story is BS. And it says it right there in Genesis 3, 6. It actually says when the serpent deceived Eve, she ate the apple. And you know what happened next? She gave the apple to him, to her husband, who was right next to her, and he ate it, which is Adam. So the whole scenario that I was told is a lie. It actually happened that Adam was right there next to Eve when the serpent was deceiving her. The funny part is, Adam doesn't say anything. He doesn't put the, the serpent on check. Hey, God said we can eat the, off of that. Let's go. No, he didn't say that. He stayed quiet. He didn't put the woman on check. Woman, you know what God said. Let's go. No, he stayed quiet. As the serpent was deceiving Eve, Adam was standing there and took it. He deliberately disobeyed God because the Bible says Eve was deceived, but it does not say Adam was deceived. So technically he made a conscious decision to disobey God. And the funny part is on Genesis 3:12, he doesn't take accountability. He actually blames God. Adam says, God, the woman you gave me made me do this. What? That's just, it's crazy, right? Okay. So that's the true story. 
That's what actually happened. So it's not completely uh, uh, Eve's fault. It's actually Adam's fault because the man didn't spoke up. He took it. And another thing, the covenant was with God and Adam, not with the woman, but with Adam. But let me fast forward. Uh, let me fast forward. Let me rewind a little bit more. When God created human being, he said, it's not good for a man to be alone. That's why he created Eve. And then when he created Eve, he said, I made woman and man into my image, meaning they both God intended in the beginning for them both to have the same equal authority. Okay. God designed the woman to be equal to the husband. Be and, and that's what it clearly says. No one was above no one. And actually I want to emphasize this, that God took Eve out of Adam's rib, not out of his feet so he could step all over her. And I'm the man I could rule. No, God wanted to, them side by side, equal partners. The only reason now God says the woman needs to submit to the husband is because that's part of our curse. The curse is three things for Eve. And let me, let me say this too. The man is cursed too. Not just Eve or the serpent. The man is cursed too. Read the Bible. Okay. So the, the, the three things that the woman is to see, uh, I mean, is cursed by is three things that she has enmity with the serpent. That's number one. Enmity means they have hatred towards each other, which is kind of odd because you would think that Eve is a woman and, and now her, uh, enemy is the serpent. Why didn't, you know, the man is, has enmity with the serpent. I mean, the man is the strongest one. No, it's actually with the serpent, but okay. My theory is because women are more prone to come to God faster than men. And that's what the Satan hates women. And you could see that throughout history, how Satan used, um, not used, but influenced the man to, um, enslave the woman. If you know the woman's history, women were slaves. They were sold. Uh, the father would sell the, the daughters and they would get paid for it. A woman didn't have a say. And it's crazy because sometimes they would sell, uh, sell them to old as men and they were super young, like in their teens, right? Which is crazy. But, you know, that's their history. I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, the woman was always um, forbidding, forbidden to get educated, to work, do anything. Like if a woman married somebody and the husband died, she had no say where the if she was going to stay with the house or not, or if she had any income. It had to go to the son. And if they didn't have a son, it had to go to the men's side of the family to get the ownings. And the woman was screwed, basically, right? And then, um, so the woman didn't have a say. But I did do a little research uh, regarding our culture, which is Mexico. Um, I did a little uh, research about the Mayans. And the Mayans did use women in leadership. And also in Africa, little did a little research in Africa that there were queens in Africa. It was just the religious man who the devil influenced, which is kind of funny because that's against the word of God. Okay, uh, so back to the curse. Um, so the woman, that's one of the curses, right? Satan hates us. And number three is our birth when we are uh, birthing a child that our pain was going to exceed, right? And then the third one is that uh, the man, the husband, was going to have uh, authority, uh, basically authority over us. Like, not authority, like, they're going to be like, you know, you know, like, we're going to be their slaves. Not like that, but, you know, the man's going to lead the woman, basically. 
you know, so that's one of our curses. And I want to, I want to say this because this machista guy that I was talking to about earlier, he likes to say that woman needs to submit to the husband. Okay. I'm single. I don't need to submit to no man because the Bible does not say that I need to submit to all men. The Bible only clearly, clearly says I need to submit to my husband and honey, I'm not married. So I don't need to submit to no one. Okay. I just want to point that out. Hmm. All right. So, and also in submission, it doesn't mean that it, it, the, we have to bow to the man. You're equal to the man, but especially if you're a new creature in Christ, that curse is uplifted. And so if you're a new creature in Christ, you're equally uh, partners. Um, so that's what I think. Um, check that with God. I don't know, but that's my thing that you are a new creature in Christ. So that curse is not upon you anymore. So it's the man does need to lead the family and the wife into relationship with God. That's the duty of the man that he leads his family to God. And if the man is not doing that, the Bible does say that the woman needs to influence the man, the unbeliever to, uh, lead, uh, him to Christ. So if the man is not doing his job as God intends him to do, lead him to Christ, then now it's the woman's duty to do that, right? And God overrides all men. Let's always remember that, okay? So keep going with this. Um, and I also wanted to say that when the man, the husband, stands before God, God is going to judge the husband in how he led his family to Christ. He's, God's not going to judge the woman nor the children. God is going to judge the man. What did you do to the family I gave you? So before you, before any man starts, you know, those male machismos, now I'm not talking about all men, those men start getting all glorified that I'm the man of the house. You need to understand there's a responsibility with that. God is going to judge you based on how you led your family. So if I was you, I would be more fearful in how you're leading the family instead of the title. I'm just saying. Okay, so back to the scriptures. Okay, so that's the things about Genesis. Now, fast forward to the Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, God used women. And he led that. Okay, so let's go number one. I'm going to give you a couple of them because I don't want to take too long of this. Okay, so the first one is Miriam, the prophet. She, Miriam was the, the sister of Moses and Aaron. Um, yeah, she messed up, but so did Moses and so did Aaron. But God still used them. And he used that woman. She was the prophet and she was also the worship leader. She was, everybody will follow her, man and woman and children will follow her in worship. She was the worship leader. Okay. And then you have the famous one, Deborah. It's funny because a lot of, throughout history, a lot of preachers only talk about the man, but they never talk about the woman. And I want to, I want to, I want to shine light. I want to unveil that God used women. Okay. Especially in the old Testament. So let's talk about Deborah. She was one of the judges and it's in the book of judges that, um, army commanders would actually seek her advice in what to do next. She was also a, another prophet and she was so wise that she ruled, um, almost all the judges there. She was like the number top notch one and God let it happen. God used her for his glory, for his people. And then another one, um, I don't know how to say her name because it's a Hebrew name. Um, I'm going to try my best, but it's, it's spelled H U L D A H H. Um, who 
the? <laughs> I don't know, but she was a prophet. She used to uh, advise kings. And then uh, Rahab, everybody knows her as the whore, right? But little do they know that Rahab is the one that God touched and used so, he, so she could um, protect his people. And then later on, when the pe his, God's people took over that, uh, uh, that city, she was safe. Um, and then she married a Jewish man, and that's how she got into Jesus' lineage. That woman, non-Jewish, God used to protect his people, I mean, let his people conquer that city, and then she, he, God used her for his lineage, which is awesome, right? And then the other one is Esther. When the, uh, Israel, Israel was, uh, Jerusalem was taken over by kings, they were, you know, because this disobeyed, right? Uh, there was a non-Hebrew uh, king, and Esther was married to him, and God used Esther to touch that non-Hebrew man and to save God's people. God used that woman too. And then uh, Elijah's wife, she was a prophet. She uh, advised men. So God does not, I mean, men, please do not limit God and who can he use and who he cannot. God can do whatever he wants. He overwrites all of us. Again, I had to repeat that. Okay. So I just want to say this because I think we will understand the New Testament better, better. Um, so in the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew, there's a 400 year gap because in the book of Malachi, the Hebrew people were sinning so bad that God turned his back on his people. Okay. So throughout those, throughout that, throughout those years, um, other Kings were conquering Jerusalem, right? And then since God was not present, the Jewish community became very religious. And they interpret the word of God how they wanted to interpret the word of God, meaning they became machismos against women. So when you fast forward to the book of Matthew and Jesus appeared, um, there was a lot of, uh, the Bible not calls them Pharisees, okay? They were not filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled of their own knowledge. And for them, a woman was nothing. For them, a woman couldn't learn. That's how it went right? Because remember, Satan would influence people to do his dirty job. That's how he gets his job done. He influences people. And at that time, he influenced those religious men. So women didn't have a say in the synagogue. I hope I said it right. But anyways, so the Jewish, you know, church basically. Okay. So if you fast forward um, to Jesus time, Jesus actually revealed to be the Messiah to a woman. That was the first time he revealed to himself as who he really was. It was to a woman, which is amazing, right? Because not only was she a woman, but she was not even a Jewish woman. She was a Samaritan woman, the famous woman in the well. God, Jesus started speaking to her, revealed to her who he was. And you know what happened next? She left the well and went to her town and she preached to those men. And those men went back where Jesus was and followed Jesus. So she was the first um, uh, witness that God used. It was a woman, a Samaritan woman. Boom. The other one was Mary Magdalene. When, when Jesus died, 
um, all the disciples were crying. Oh my God, the homie died, right? So everybody was all witado. And then you have Jesus telling a woman to go tell those men that he's alive. So when Mary Magdalene went back to the disciples where they were crying, she was like, get up. Jesus is alive. It's crazy, right? And I really want to, I want to talk about, uh, Jesus mother and, uh, uh, which is Mary and her cousin, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, if you guys know the Bible is the mother of, um, uh, John, um, which is Jesus cousin who baptized Jesus. Right. Okay. So Mary, when God went to Mary and told her that you're going to have my child, basically, she did not question it. She was obedient. She said, okay, let's do this, right? Even though she knew the risk she was taking. You see, this is why God loves using women because women, when God calls a woman, God can stand, a woman can stand up very fearlessly. That's what I think. Because check this out. It says that Joseph, when he was with uh, Mary and he had, and God already told him what to do, Joseph wanted to run away. Yeah. Joseph was like, wanted to leave in the middle of the night, but God sent an angel, little coward, right? God sent an angel and said, no, stay with her. And the reason why Joseph wanted to leave Mary was because he knew what was going to happen to them. If the Jewish community found out they were going to stone her to death because they were not married, but Mary took it. And she was like, let's do this, God. And there you have Joseph all cowering out. And then the other one, which is Elizabeth, she was old and her husband was old as well. So they were wanting to get pregnant. She finally got pregnant because her faith was so strong, right? She was like, yes, I'm having the baby. But you know what God did to uh, uh, Elizabeth's husband? Because he didn't have no faith, God muted him. God made him mute that he couldn't speak for the whole pregnancy. Because, you know, the Bible says your words have power, right? So God didn't want this unbelief man that doesn't believe in him to ruin the blessing. So you know what I mean? Like, isn't it awesome that God till this day uses women in the New Testament? And then you have these Joseph and uh, Elizabeth husband all like not believing in God. This is why God is not limited in using anybody because he knows who is going to make waves for him. And God does not limit to just man. I just want to emphasize that. Okay. So that's, and a lot of people can argue, um, well, if Jesus used women, then why didn't he made women into disciples? Well, the thing is you need to, you need to understand at that era, like I said earlier, a woman can be stoned even to speaking to another man, even looking at another man. So that's why Jesus didn't want to put a woman in danger because he knew the uh, prosecution the disciples were going to receive. If you know the prosecution of what the disciples got, you will understand that Jesus was not going to put a woman in danger like that. You know what I mean? They, he did have followers as women, but he didn't want to put them in danger because God is still a gentleman. That's why. So that's the end of that argument. Okay. So let's go back to a uh, woman and who are wives. Okay. So a lot of men, I've saw this post one time that a woman is the man, uh, uh, the woman's body belongs to the man. Honey, continue reading because it also says the men's body, be, the, the men's body also belongs to the wife. Don't just read little, uh, little clips here and there. Do it all. Yes, the woman is to submit to the husband, 
but also the husband needs to love her, needs to be gentle. Just as he loves himself, the man needs to love her to the point that he will die for her. Men, are you ready to die for your, hus- for your wife? Then if you're ready to die for your wife, then you are worthy of that woman to be submissive to you. If you're not ready to die for her and love her the way you love yourself, then you're not deserving of that woman's submission. I'm sorry. You cannot just say a woman should be like, yes, sir, yes, sir, whatever you say, master. No, that's not what God intended it to, a marriage should be. A marriage should be loving and respecting. And another thing that I also want to point out that um, this guy, Mel Machista, that I was talking about, I never dated him. I just, I, I said I was seeing him, meaning that I was seeing his posts. Okay, I want to clarify that. Um, but when I, he put another post that the woman needs the man, right? And, and the man does not need the woman. And I was like, as if the woman should be happy to have a man. And you know what? He brought a a valid point that the world says, but that's not what God says. I want to correct that here and, and now, because the Bible clearly says that God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I said that earlier. That's why he created Eve. And if you fast forward to Proverbs, it clearly states the wisest man said, when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. It's not the other way around. Okay. So I think that also Satan has influenced women and to believe in that women are need of a man when actually God says is the other way around. Because if you look at uh, statistics, women outlive, outlive the man. And you know what I mean? Like, we really do not need the man. It's the lie that Satan is trying to convince a woman to feel that she's not complete or worthy. Oh, well, you know, you don't have a man, so there's something probably wrong with you. That's a lie. That's what Satan and society is telling you. But God wants you to know you are the good thing. And God wants you also to know that, yes, I can use you in ministry to preach my word to all humans. And then I was remembering about Joyce Myers and I reached out to her ministry and she told, uh, well, they told me about her, uh, her ways of becoming a, a, a successful preacher, a woman preacher, especially in the seventies. In the it's when God called her to preach the gospel, her husband actually questioned God. She even said it. Her husband questioned God, like, why not me? At that time, women were not preaching. Why did you not choose me? It was usually the male right? But God touched his heart and, and said, if you obey me, you will succeed more. And he did. And, and it's beautiful that he obeyed God, humbly obeyed God, instead of obeying his ego, obeying his pride, or obeying his arrogance. He humbly obeyed God. And now they're a worldwide ministry. And it's her preaching, and he's fine with it. And, and God uh, helped him to be fine with it. I know sometimes it, it's, it's the man who's the leader, the leadership, but if God overrides man, let him, he has a reason. Even Peter says it in Acts 5 29, we must obey God rather than men. Okay. So always remember that. And also in Acts, it also in two seventeen it says in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit to the, your sons and daughters will prophesy, not just to the men, but also to the daughters, okay? 
and I'm not trying to discredit Apostle Paul. I think at that time, um, he, he had a right to say that, right? Because it was in that era that the men would rule. But I also believe that he was not perfect. Just like I'm not trying to attack the chauvinists. I'm trying to give an opportunity and enlighten you to the truth that this is what God says. This is, and it's, it's better to obey God than to obey what every other man says. And it's, it's just an opportunity to give to all in humbling yourselves and saying, you know what? I'm going to do it God's way. I'm not going to do it my way. It's still time. Just like apostle Paul repented and started doing it God's way. His, the ministry of building all those churches at that time was very successful to this day. It's still successful. You can't stop Jesus because God will not just use men. God will also use women. That is a lie. God uses women as well. We are a team. We have to do this together. No one's above no one, especially if you're a new creature in Christ. Always remember that you will succeed more as an equal partner than if you are above the woman. I'm just going to tell you straight out, and I'm going to leave you with this. In Galatians 3.28, it clearly states, there is no Jew nor Gentile, nor slave or free, nor male or female, for you are all one in Christ. Remember that. Okay, this is your girl, Lady Rose. I'm out. God bless. Stay blessed.